And I said, I'm afraid of being old and having to buy cat food when I don't have a cat at home. Because physiologically, we can survive on cat food. There's a higher protein content than dog food, which is why your dog loves your cat food and not vice versa. Physiologically, we can survive on cat food. And by the way, that seafood medley, it is not what you think it should be. It is not. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About. The podcast that makes business sexy again. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy. And I'm Rachel Pitts, Master Sales Coach at Sales Gravy, among other things. (laughs) All the things, all the things. You know, thank goodness we keep this show going because if we didn't, I don't think you and I would ever talk. And that's not because we're trying to break up. Right? We're just rolling hard. I, I know. I, I, I don't even know when the last time I talked to you is actually, but I knew I that you were know. busy traveling all around. Now that in-person trainings are happening and Gina's flying all over the place and I'm Trying flying all over juggle. the place, picking up awards and swords, swords, awards and swords, awards and swords. You're going to have to go check that out to see her swords. We're going to have to catch up on that. But right now we got to jump into this episode with Dr. Mary Kelly. What a fascinating woman. As always, we get these amazing guests that we could talk to forever. And um, just a little bit about Dr. Mary Kelly, PhD. She's the CEO of Productive Leaders, a leadership development group that improves profit growth and productivity. She's an economist and leadership expert. Uh, She specializes in improving business efficiency and profits through every economic climate. And most fascinating is that she's a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, and she trained over 100,000 military and civilian personnel in multicultural environments all over the world in her 21-year active duty career. She is a retired commander. Oh, oh my gosh. She is just another amazing woman. Yeah, she's got a lot going on, and... Um I mean, it's very impressive, her military background. She's also a professor. Um, I think she said 30 years of teaching as well. So like... I couldn't keep up. I was trying <laughs> to take all these notes of everything she's done. Yeah, she's quite amazing. One of my, my biggest takeaway from um, speaking to Dr. Kelly about leading teams and leading people is she reminded us, you don't lead demographics, you lead individuals. So if you lead a team or a group of people in any capacity, make sure that you keep that in mind that you got to lead each individual because each individual needs led in a different way. Yeah. And my big takeaway, and I've seen this a lot in all the leadership training I've done over the years, is about being an empathetic leader who holds people accountable. And that is definitely can be a yin and yang situation. And I love that she quoted the Forbes study in 2018. I'm going to spoiler alert it right here. And then you can hear more about it in the episode. 48% of managers and leaders have not received leadership training If you have a problem in your organization, this could be why. Could be. So anyway, sit back and enjoy this episode with Dr. Mary C. Kelly. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About with our awesome guest today. It's something about Mary. Dr. Mary Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. 
And 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 we were going to start the first question with because I I have a feeling we know the answer. Rachel, you know what question we're talking about, right? Yes, it, I do. The question is, Mary, would you consider yourself a woman your mother warned you about? <laughs> it reminds me of the Jimmy Buffett song, you know, we are the people your parents warned you about. And the very first line is, I was I was supposed to have been a Jesuit priest or a Naval Academy grad. Well, I was a Naval Academy grad. The Jesuit priest thing is a little out of reach, as it should be. Um, but I think it's one of those things that means you are that audacious, forward-leaning person that sometimes other people are a little worried about when they see you out in public. Yes. That might be one of the best descriptions ever. I Yeah, I love it. Audacious. Audacious is a great word, and I it's love true. love the word audacious. Yeah, I just was, you know, thinking yesterday, and I posted one of those great pictures from Selfie World, Myrtle Beach. Thanks again for having Gina and I with Kiera hurt photography to do session. And it was like the picture of the boss, right? Oh, I love that picture. Thank you. That, and my, my caption was like, are you the boss of your life? Like, are you really the boss of your life? Are you letting other people decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do even more? And, you know, I think that women, your mother warned you about are, we tend to be people that we do like we we follow our gut. We do things that are surprising and audacious. And uh, it's so fun. It is fun when you get an idea and you know you're the one responsible for figuring it out, implementing it, and making it happen. And it's all on you, but it's all on you. You don't have to look at somebody else for approval. You don't have to worry about something else. And you try and you fail and you figure it out along the way. I was just going to say that it's it's all on you. And that includes the failure piece. And I think what happens uh, and why we kind of got this show started is people sometimes look at high achievers as people who like had it handed to them and they don't see the behind the scenes of the fail after fail after fail after fail. And then all of a sudden you're successful. They're like, oh, everything comes so easy to her. I get that all the time, mostly from my parents. <laughs> They're like, everything is just so easy. I'm like, yeah, you work 16 hour days. Things come real easy. Oh my gosh. I'm sure like the Naval Academy as a female, not easy doing what you do now. Not easy. Just like being a woman in business in general, not easy, <laughs> not easy. Nothing's easy. And you do have to kind of embrace the failures. I came out at the beginning of this year with a book that I thought was genius. You know, sometimes we we do fall in love with our own projects and it's called the five minute leadership guide. And I did it for young people like 20 to 40 to map out their year. And, and wouldn't it have been great if we'd all had in the past 12 months, a daily accounting of everything that was our top priority, all of our challenges, how we moved through those challenges and everything we learned every single day for the last 365 days. Genius idea, says me. And then my 20 to 30 year old said, but it's a book and it's just too much. So I said, yeah, good point. Um, I turned it into 31 days instead of the full book. And now people can handle doing it for a month. They can handle the planning for a month where 365 days for a lot of people, even my more senior folks was just too daunting. So I think we have to look at what we're trying and look at what we're throwing out there and be responsive to our clients as well as responding to the needs of what the market is telling us they need. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good point because our brains, not, it's not just listening to the audience, but our brains can only handle so much and our brains do better in bite-sized chunks. 
I love that that you you whittled it down to that amount of time versus like I got a plan for a year. I don't know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. That was it. That was it. And so it's smaller, it's easier to carry around, it's easier to throw in your luggage or your purse or your backpack. And it just seemed more manageable. And as you all know, there are there's about six stages of any crisis or challenge or change. And people have been through all of those stages in the past year. And one of the things that is a coping mechanism for that is we as leaders have to give people tasks or jobs in bite-sized chunks. That's something that a year and a half ago, somebody could have taken as an eight-hour project. Now we have to help them by breaking it up into eight one-hour projects. We know that people need more quick wins right now. We know that people need some peak moments that they can hang on to. We know that people need something to look forward to. And we also know that people need that little burst of serotonin or dopamine or whatever the happiness Mm, is in your brain. When you cross things off a list, people need the quick wins because during times of stress, our stress buckets get full and our focus goes away. Mm-hmm. 100%. And like right now, we're in this season post pandemic where things are sort of trying to get back to normal. But I think everybody's still, I know I'm still on edge of like, when's the shoe going to drop? When's it going to go? Like, what's going to happen next? There's that in the back of people's minds because of so many crazy pitfalls we've run into in the last couple of years and changes. Isn't that unfortunate that, that I I know it's reality because I used to be there. You used to be there. I'm sure it's somewhere. Mary might've been there where you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's such a horrible feeling to have. And I finally got rid of that mindset Mm. of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm kind of like, come on, shoe drop. Uh, I dare you. I dare you shoe drop, drop hard. (laughs) One of the things I I tell my um, execs, I'm like, look, look at the worst possible scenario. What's the absolute worst that could happen? And then plan for that. Okay, what Mm -hmm. are you going to do if the worst thing happens? And I'm talking the very worst. And then what are you going to do if the best scenario happens? And then plan for that. Because once you've planned for that, the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. But either way, you're planned for it. And we know that action trumps fear. So when people are fearful or uncertain, we know we have to give them action steps so that they go, okay, I know what the next step is forward. Because a lot of people, as you all know, they, they get to those places of uncertainty. And you saw a lot of your friends do it. They were frozen into inactivity. They're like deer in the headlights. Oh, we're not going to market. We're not going to talk about sales. We're not going to talk to our people. We're not going to reach out to clients. We're just going to be deer in the headlights. And I got a little, I'll, I'll confess, I got a little impatient with some of my friends who are like, hey, what are you binge watching? I'm like, what? And they're like, well, aren't you just getting up and binge watching all day like the rest of us? I'm like, No, I'm not. Now is when our clients need us. We are the people with solutions. So let's get to getting it. Let's do this. I'm just curious. I'm curious. Did those friends also gain like 30 pounds? Yes. (laughs) Because because when the only tan you're getting is from the refrigerator light, I mean, it's a challenge. And for some people, you know, they were bored. And they were stress eating. And I totally get that. Um, You know, I've done it too. Um, You know, we women, um, a lot of us have, I know I do, so I'm not going to project, but I have clothes in small, medium and fluffy. I don't know about Yes. Yeah. I mean, you and me, but not Rachel, but definitely you and me. No, look at her guns, man. She's awesome. She's like, yeah, get up this morning, ran five miles, played tennis, went golfing. I got a (laughs) podcast. Went swimming, did a marathon. Yeah. Before breakfast. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty accurate. I only ran maybe four miles though <laughs> today. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I think there's some of us that I mean, I, I this whole the guns that you're talking about are my result of covid because my approach to it was I'm not going to turn into a fat slob. I'm going to come out of this and have some kind of positive transformation. And I got in hardcore into bodybuilding and I'm like full on. And what's happened with it, it's become an asset for what I do in my business life, because what I've discovered is like the guns and the abs and the six pack and all that jazz is like a nice like compliment to the person that I have become as I've gone through this. That's been just like incredible mental toughness. Like I've never experienced of just like doing super hard things and definitely didn't binge watch anything aside from game of Thrones, which I'm always currently been binge watching, but like I didn't waste that time during COVID like so many people chose to do because it's a choice. So it's pretty cool. I think I was 20 when I last saw six pack abs on myself. So I'm just pointing that out that I haven't seen those (laughs) things in a long, long time. Um, For me, a lot of it's about control. You know, I can't. So we've got the sphere of things that we can control, which is our diet, our health, our exercise, our schedule, our time. And then we've got all the other crazy that we cannot control. We can't control Mm -hmm. politics and some social things and virus things. There's so many other things we can't control. I think we have to really control. And it's exactly what you said, Rachel, on the things we can control that make us happy, that fill our happiness bucket, that give us the energy and the momentum and all of that, that we need in order to move forward. I'm so proud of you for doing this through COVID. Good job. Oh, thank you. And so I have to ask you because my, I'm working on a book called there's dog food in my peanut butter. Um, and that's about this process for me because so many people have asked, and it's been such a crazy mental transformation, um, aside from physical. So I got to ask you about how not to buy cat food when you don't have a cat. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I thank started you. out and, um, I'm a big fan of animals. As you can tell, I was in executive officer school. So in the military, you're the, the number two person before you move up to be the number one person. And they train us for this. The great thing about the military is unlike most organizations, we get dedicated leadership training. I mean, that's what we focus yeah. on because we know you can't prepare for every contingency. That's where leadership has to kick in. You have to train your people to critically think, to respond in the right way, to figure it out along the way and make good decisions. And that's what we train people for. So I'm in exo school. This was back before cell phones. So we're writing notes. Remember when you used to write with a pen and paper? I know. And the gal I'm, next I'm to doing, me. I'm doing it now. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and the gal next to me is writing. So somebody's talking about something and she writes, are you in the stock market? And I write back, yes. And she says, I'm afraid of being the stock market. And I said, I'm afraid of being old and having to buy cat food when I don't have a cat at home. Because physiologically, <laughs> right? Physiologically, we can survive on cat food. There's a higher protein content than dog food, which is why your dog loves your cat food and not vice versa. Wow. Physiologically, we can survive on cat food. And by the way, that seafood medley, it is not what you think it should be. It is not. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so first of all, (laughs) let's address this. I don't care how poor I am. I would not choose cat food and hence why there's dog food in my peanut butter right now. No fucking way. I don't know. I would I would explore it. I would start. I had no No. idea. I had no Mm. idea that that there were nutrients that we could survive on. It's a good hack. In case Mm. the zombies come. In the zombies come, having that extra bag in the garage. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
So then when I, I guess wrote, that's true. Yeah. So then when I put together the personal finance book, you know, I wanted something that was a little catchy. You know, I wanted something that was not personal finance, you know, seven steps to wealth. Yeah. Everybody snore. Does that snore. And by the way, I get a little bit in trouble with some of my um, book titles because they are a little bit edgier than some people prefer. Um, like the Y leaders. I, I, I need to know the name of your publisher. Are you self-publishing? Um, so I work, no, I work with, um, yeah, I'll send you his note. I work with him uh, and Meredith Elliott Powell, um, oh, a new okay, publisher okay, just yeah. picked up our stuff and um, the succession planning book and the leadership book and stuff like that. And there's a certain amount that I like to go right up to the edge, maybe a little snarky, maybe pushing it a little bit. So yeah, I like it. Lo- lo- I love, I love a snarky title. Yes. So what well, I, pulls need, you I, in. I need you as a, I need you as a, I need your publisher as a backup publisher. You got it. You got it. Okay. Like the, the dog one is called master your world, 10 dog inspired leadership lessons. They're really military. But if I said military leadership lessons and you're not say a Navy seal, then people are yeah, just yeah. like, that's just sad. Yeah. So I made it about the dog. Hey man, puppies and kitties sell like crazy. Proven fact. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about your time at the Naval Academy because that's pretty sexy and hot. Um, And we'd love to hear these stories from women who've been through that. So, can you give us a little backstory on how what what brought you there in the first place? Uh, So, thanks. Um, I was a kid out of Dallas. I did not know anybody in the military. I had never met anybody who had been in the military. And my parents put a high value on education and involvement in school and extracurriculars. And I've been working, I've been working and paying taxes since I was 12. So this was like, a. am like, okay, the way to do this is go to college. And I looked around and we didn't have a lot of people I knew as adults who had been to college. So I didn't really know. But what I did know was statistically, if you went to college, you didn't work as hard as the people who did, you know, there was that. So I thought, okay, that's a smarter path to go. And then my older brother wound up getting an appointment to, he was kind of military minded and he wound up getting an appointment to uh, the Naval Academy. And he'd also applied to the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And I said, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. They tell you what to do. You wear funny looking clothes. Like you don't get to make your own decisions. And I'm all about the autonomy and making your own decisions and all of that. And um, then I started, I was a junior in high school and I'm filling out, you know, a million college applications and scholarships and all that stuff. And it's $500 here and $250 here and all this on a, you know, on a hundred thousand dollar education. And I'm thinking, okay, even I can do math and this is silly. And um, so I thought, well, I'll just apply to these academies that I've never actually heard of and see what happens. And I asked my older brother, I said, so is it, is it hard? Is it bad? And he's like, no more than home. <laughs> so you know, this is what's helpful when you grow up in a in an Irish Catholic family and you're expected to kind of show up and speak up and dress up and stand up for yourself. And that's kind of what the military was. And you show up and everybody's equal. That's what's so great. The, the great thing about uniforms is everybody's equal. You are just part of the crowd. And that's awesome. And you become part of something bigger than yourself, which is awesome. The 80s were an interesting time to be at the Naval Academy. Yeah, because you got to remember. So, for example, you got to remember that the Naval Academy is a national park. So you're like running to. So, like, let's say you get up and you do all your military stuff and you're doing push ups and you're doing come arounds. There's all the shouting and all this other stuff. And then you're in uniform and you're running to class and a tourist will stop you and say, hey, can we get a picture with you? And you're like, um. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. Because you have to be polite. And then they're like, so what's it like being here? And I'm like, 
I would love to chat, but I have a chemistry test. Like, I mean, you're so <laughs> you're worried about, you know, the things that 18 and 19 year olds are worried about. And that's what's great about it is, yes, it was sort of a time of some social transition, but you're also dealing with young people who are remarkably resilient. And that was great. And I will tell you that the friendships I have from that school, from that time, my classmates are still some of my best friendships now. And as a class, my class has evolved over time. Social media has helped us a lot. And there's probably, you know, 75% of us that still stay in contact out of a thousand, which is kind of cool. Can you tell us more about then your career path? You, you, you did 21 years in active duty. And again, I'm just always fascinated. I don't know maybe if it's silly. I'm just fascinated about women in the military. And at Sales Gravy, we do a lot of training with the military for, for recruiters specifically. Uh, but I'm always fascinated by women's role in the military. So good leadership is good leadership. And a lot of it is how you connect with people as an individual. As a a general friend of mine said, you know, you don't lead demographics, you lead individuals. And I think that's a huge point. You know, people need individual leadership. They don't, you know, you can't just say, well, this is how you lead you know, millennials or Gen Zers or women or fill in the blank, whatever that blank happens to be. Great leadership is great leadership, but individuals need different things. And this is what's a challenge right now, I think, for many leaders is how do you be an empathetic leader while still maintaining accountability? Well, we've been doing that in the military for forever. Um, My very first tour, well, I went to Intel school, intelligence school. Um, That's about five months long. And then I was deployed as an intelligence officer and I went to Asia. So I I was in the Philippines for a couple of years dealing with um, what we call air wings. So I'm dealing with... um, Uh, groups of squadrons of planes, and we are supporting deployed units as they go to Asia. And then I mostly did the rest of my career in Hawaii and around the Asia Pacific realm. Uh, So we were looking specifically to find um, enemy combatants. And at the time, you've got to remember, this was the Cold War. So we, our focus was on Russia, um, some on China, some on the local terrorist cells. And then when I uh, migrated uh, to what's now the Pacific Command, um, I was still in that specialty. And then the first Gulf War broke out. So my boss came in and said, do you actually know where Iraq is? And I said, yes, sir, I can find it on a map. He goes, good. You're now an Iraqi analyst. I said, okay. So I got, um, so you get, you get, have to get smart real fast. And then, so I worked um, that aspect of that. And uh, then from there, I um, transitioned into some logistics, system-based management Um, At one point, I was a chief of police, and so that's good. I was one of the uh, assistant chiefs of staff for Pearl Harbor, uh, a base a lot of people have heard of. And then I was also an HR director for about 3,000 people from Oklahoma to the Middle East. And then my very last tour of duty was back being a professor at the Naval Academy. Wow. that's I think people really, uh, really underestimate the amazing things that people in the military that you kind of have never heard of you know, that they're doing that you guys are doing out there. Like I always feel compelled and I don't do it. And I really should like, you know, when you see the old dude with his like veteran hat on walking through the mall, I always just want to walk up and just be like, thank you for your service. Like, it's so, it's super impressive to me, all those things that you've done and just the courage and the organization and the discipline is, is fantastic. Well, you're kind to say that I do. um, So, and I do the same thing for those, those, uh, you know, veterans as well. I'll, I'll see the hat on. I'm like, 
I love the hat. And then, the yeah. room, you know, like, it, cause it's like the nod, you know, and um, I, I don't wear the hat, but I do have the Naval Academy ring that I do wear. And sometimes people will, you know, they will ask the question. They're like, Oh, you know, so was your husband in the military? And I'll say, well, he was a Marine, but this is actually mine. Like it's, and it's still sort of, we haven't been doing it that long and it's still kind of a thing. Um, and people often ask about what's it like to be the one, you know, the one girl. And, and I like being a girl. I, I love that I got to, I get to be a girl. It's great. And in the military, again, it's all about connecting with people and leadership. So sometimes people will open up to you as a female that they would never open up to with a man. Or, mm. you know, when I was at sea, I would hear about people's problems back home that they would not tell their boss. You know, they're like, what do I do? You know, my wife, my girlfriend, my fill in the blank, um, this, that, whatever. And, and I think it allows us to be leaders, but in a slightly different vein. Um, and I think, I think both men and women have an equal opportunity to be great leaders to all kinds of people. And I think it's really necessary that we embrace everybody. And here's some words from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe honed their sales skills at Sales Gravy University. You see, Salesgrave University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on Salesgrave University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. I want to hit on something that you said about, you know, opening up to women. This is something that I've heard a lot with military recruiters. And one thing that they had pointed out to me was the female recruiters have a tendency to have an easier time with recruiting than the male recruiters because people feel more comfortable opening up to them. Um, I find that I found that really interesting. But I want to go back to something you, you, you talked about, how to be an empathetic leader. And I think this is a big one that is often missing in the corporate world. So what kind of advice could you give to the civilian leader? Because because they're not getting leadership training in many scenarios, especially when they've been promoted uh, to some a leadership or management level. And now all of a sudden they have to lead people, but they've been given no leadership. Um, they don't have the emotional intelligence. How can they become more empathetic? I think this is a critical issue right now. And it's not, it's, you have to be empathetic, but you also have to be effective. You've got to get the job done. Otherwise you're going to get fired and your team's going to get fired. And if you don't hold your people accountable to do the job they're supposed to do, they're going to get fired too. And you know what? It's your fault. 
And yes. this is where holding people accountable, if you watch the news, we don't have accountability. And unfortunately, a lot of people think that's okay. And it's not okay. We've got to hold people accountable for what it is they're supposed to be doing. But you can do that in a way that is caring and empathetic and is about that person. And how you do it is you set your people up for success. And you're right. Most people, Forbes came out with a study in 2018, and it has been updated with the same results that over 48% of just managers have never had any managerial or leadership training. And then they get thrown into this job and somebody will toss some book and say, here, this book and suddenly become a great leader or manager. Well, wait a second. Um, You know, I've been training for this my whole life. I've been training for this since, you know, a month after I turned 17 years old. So there's a huge difference in, you know, focus and intent and experience. And I was 21 years old leading teams. So it's a whole different experience to take somebody who's never had to be responsible for other people. And now they're kind of set in their ways. Maybe they're 35 years old and now they're responsible for a sales team. And they're like, okay, well, um, it'd be great if y'all would just do your job, you know, scratch, don't know. And they're lost. So what we have to do is set up systems for success. And in the military, you know, you got to remember the average age on a U.S. aircraft carrier, and this is considering all the all the officers who've been to nuke school and the senior enlisted and the pilots, the average age on board one of our aircraft carriers is still only 19 and a half years old. So we've got to write. Think about that. I mean, Rachel, would you even get in a car with somebody who was 19 years old? No. Uh, no. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Because you value your life. And we trust these people <laughs> to launch planes off carrier decks. We trust these people to fix important machinery. So what we have to do is set up systems for other people to be successful. And in the military, if we do something more than once and it's important, we create checklists. And this is one of the things that you've got to figure out on the empathetic thing. Not everybody falls into that template, but if you have a list of questions instead of, hey, how are you doing today? Good, great, fine. No, that's not a good question. What do you say as an empathetic leader is, hey, Gina, on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being fantastic, you're doing great. And one being you are hanging on like a cat on a ledge. Where are you today? And if Gina says, meow, a, yeah, meow, I'm a two. I'm pulling my hair out. I haven't had a shower yet today. You know, you're, what you're seeing is actually just dry shampoo in my hair, um, you know, all the things. It's a very different response than if somebody goes, I'm an eight. And you go, okay, how do you get from an eight into a 10? And they go, glass of wine would be okay. You're like, okay, let's talk about that at five o'clock. And if somebody <laughs> says, I'm a two, all of a sudden as a leader, you go, so what's going on? Is there something you want to talk about? And is there something we can do to help? And is there something we can do? Because, you know, you got some deadlines coming up. So how are we going to manage that? And give people the opportunity to talk it out. And so you've got a structure in place that helps them be successful. But you've also got to have that leadership moment. Mm. I am learning all of this really hardcore. I just acquired a business and I have got 11 employees. I suddenly went from never having a single employee and always being an entrepreneur or being an employee to having 11 employees. And Welcome. it's definitely the, the biggest, <laughs> um, it's the biggest challenge of the whole business is, is managing those folks. I thought it would be a different challenge, but it's just managing those folks. And what I did out of the gate was I told them that like my intention, like I, my goal with, with having you work here 
is to set you up for success and do everything that I can to support you to feel appreciated, to feel creative and to feel empowered. And please let me know what I can do to help and like that and go and do your thing and communicate. And, um, that's all really sounds good, but it's all like a lot of challenges that definitely I just don't expect. And I have to constantly be like, okay, hmm. And just figure out how to listen. Cause I tend to talk to like, listen, really, really listen and figure out where the challenges are and continuously put like, keep the line of communication open. Cause I I'm seeing like these people, they're stuck in their you know, whether they're you're a salesperson or a sales team, whether whatever you are in your work, you're stuck in the nuts and bolts of it. Like most of the employees are stuck in the nuts and bolts of like survival. And then they don't think to tell you that important answer to that question you just presented, Mary, which is like, you know, how are you doing? What, where are there any problems that I need to know about? Like, how can I help you? Because off, they're afraid to. Yeah. They're afraid to. Um, in in some scenarios, they don't want to disappoint. That's been my experience. And they want to try to, especially if you're a high performer, right? right. And, and I see this a lot with, with clients that I coach at Sales Gravy. A lot of our clients that come in for our coaching program specifically have come in because they're not being supported in their organization by their sales leader, number one. Or number two, they don't want management to know they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I tell people that if you've done a software update in the past two years, you've got 30% of your people who don't know how to use it. They're, they're relying on other people. Um, and you can, you say, well, but we did training. It doesn't matter, but we told them it doesn't matter. They still have not gotten made that change because it, they haven't had to, and there's not that sense of urgency. Your high performers, your job is to turn them loose and make sure they're just heading somewhere in the right direction. With the people who um, struggle um, and who need more guidance, that means more time for you guiding them. Um, I have a resource that I'm willing to give your folks for free. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah. free stuff. Woo-hoo. We like free stuff free. alert. So this is my 12 months of business growth. It's accountability and productivity and all this cool stuff. And it's about 55 pages, but I start off and Rachel, this might be helpful. So every month you do this and you map out your five goals, and then you want to figure out what you do more of this month and less of this month and what you're going to resolve and what you're going to outsource, what you're going to delegate. And then page two of that is, you know, who are you going to call for advice? What podcast are you going to listen to? Who are you going to, um, who are you going to reach out to? What clients are you going to talk to? And then you grade the month and you talk about what you learned and what you're grateful for. So here's the magic. You map out your five goals of the month. And then you meet with your team at the beginning of the month and you go, so, and you give this to your team and you say, so what are your top five goals? Well, wouldn't it be magic if their goals matched up with your goals wouldn't this be amazing and then at the end of every month there is it's a 12 month thing there's a 5 minute plan because if i need to do something again more than once this is my actual one like you can see i've scribbled in it there's all these topics and my team sells this for like $99 and if your folks want it for free just text the word dog 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 to 66866 66866 i know way too many sixes to be comfortable Keyword dog, and um, it will. Boom. I want one. Yeah, boom. It's I, there. I'm it's a downloadable, fillable PDF, and that's also going to give them the free ebook on resiliency and another ebook called um, uh, "Generate Ideas, uh, Solve the Problems, and Get Things Done." I wanted to say "get sh- done," but I, my publisher said I shouldn't use that. 
Boom. Well, you we'll can say, use it here. We'll say it. We'll say it for you. Get shit done. That's, That's what it. she said. That's it. So, because we have to, you know, our life, a lot of people get this work-life balance thing wrong that, you know, when you're out to sea, it's a 24 seven job. I, I tell people, you know, ships in the middle of the ocean don't stop because it's happy hour or it's the weekend. Like we got to keep working and people go, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. Also, what a lot of people don't realize our Navy ships, they're dry. There's no alcohol on Navy ships. Did you know that? It's wrong. It's totally wrong. I should point that out. That's a recruiting problem. You can tell them that, Gina. Um, <laughs> our Navy ships are dry and we've got to get people motivated every single day. And you've got to help people see that higher purpose. You've got to help them figure this out. And you've got to map things out in a way that works for them as well. Uh, because you, when you're on a ship in the middle of the ocean, you got nobody out there. You know, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide, but you also have to figure things out. And that's the kind of resiliency that I think we need. Um, and we need more of it. I got a, I got a, I got a quick question on, um, right on this. We can give advice for how to be a better leader if you haven't had that leadership or management training, but what about the leader who says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have time for that. You don't understand, Mary. I am I am running so hard. My ship is running hard in the middle of the sea. I don't have time for this. That's great, but it's not realistic. Yep, totally get it. Um, so three things. First off, you have to prioritize the things that are most important. If you suddenly found yourself in a hospital, what would not happen? Because it really doesn't matter as much as you think it does, number one. Number two, um, I think all of your listeners, all of your fans all need their own virtual assistant or their virtual assistant service, right? I, I, I've got two of them right now. I'm right. like racking them. I'm racking them in. I have a full team that supports me and I'm so wildly fortunate about this. And I still use, I mean, I have assistants, I have an exec, I have all that. And I still use a virtual assistant service because it gets things off my plate and it gets it out of my brain. And it's the little things like make a flyer or do this or create a logo or put this PowerPoint together or something like that. These are things we cannot be spending our time on. We've got to be laser-like focused on doing the things that only we can do. And the third thing is if you've, whatever you're thinking about doing, if you're thinking about responding to an email or doing some data sets or reaching out to a person and telling them when they did something right, guess what you should probably spend your time doing? Talk to your people and tell them when they're doing something right. Also tell your people right away if they're doing something wrong. You know, it's kind of like a dog. And I, I mean, training people is a lot like positive reinforcement for your dog. When your dog does something right, they get a cookie, they get the liver treat, they get the peanut butter. When they do something badly, you got to say, no, no, no. Do that business outside. Take the dog outside, show them the right path, but do it right away. And what a lot of my leaders say is, well, they should know, you know, they're, they're 25 yeah. years old. Yep. They should know they're 45 yeah. years old. They should know they've been doing this. I'm like, but apparently they don't. And they need, they need that quick course correction so that they are set up for success. You're not being mean by correcting them. If you don't teach the pit bull puppy not to put teeth on human skin, now you've got a 75 pound dog who thinks it's okay to put teeth on human skin. And now you've got a dangerous situation and you know whose fault it is Ooh. yours. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, I love this dog analogy because they teach you this when, well, when you take your dog to obedience school, they're really teaching you not the dog. Right. And so as they're teaching you these things, you know, they say shoving their nose in the, the pile of poo that they just let they put out there. It does not, it's not going to do anything for them. And if you don't catch them in the moment, they're not going to, they're not, you're not going to course correct if you don't catch them in the moment. 
Right. That, that is exactly all the dog teach. When you, you shove the dogs, all they're going is, do you want me to eat that? Like, that's not a behavior you want to teach. Don't do that. Don't right. Do that. Don't do that. And I actually have been reprogramming myself. I, t- I primarily teach kids right now and I've been reprogramming myself of how I speak to them of, I have removed, don't do that. Like, don't sit back in your heels instead, because they like a dog. I mean, sorry, dancers didn't mean to compare you to a dog, but I'm going to again, like they want to know what they do need to do. Right. They don't need to hear what they're yes. doing wrong. They don't yes. need to be reminded like the dog doesn't like you were just saying, Gina, the dog doesn't rem- be, need to know that they shit on the floor like they know they had to fucking shit. But take them outside and go, it's right here that you go. It's here. Yep. Like and then the, then then they also their self image isn't being diminished which is a like a big part of it is like if you continuously point out to your employees or your children or your spouse all the things that they're doing wrong then they come to expect that that's what's going to come out of your mouth is you're going to berate them yeah continuously rather than they come to you your employees your spouse your kids come to you because they know that you're going to help guide them of what they do need to do for success. Right. And there's got to be that trust that they know that when you say, Hey, um, let's talk about this project that they don't get that pit in their stomach. Like they were summoned to the principal's yeah. office, you know, and yeah. that happens a lot. So you might want to say, you know, Hey, Rachel, I know you love working on this Jones project. And I love that you've got all this energy around it, but we've got a really big deadline on Thursday. So I really need you to have your part of the Smith project done on Tuesday by four o'clock so that I can, so that, so they get the, because, so they get the why, so that I've got this. So you're acknowledging that, but you're giving them a course correction instead of going, stop spending so much time on the Jones project. I need you on the Smith project, which is defeating. You know, a lot of it is how we approach it, but we still got to be direct enough. And this is where I think women struggle sometimes is that we think subtlety when we're leaders is nice and it's not. It's confusing to people. And this is where you go, hey, little doggy, you know, it'd be really good if you didn't do that on the floor because, um, you know, it makes mommy feel bad when you do that. on the floor. And the dog is going, wah, 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 wah. And the dog is not clear. The same way we have to be really clear with people. And that doesn't mean being rude. And it doesn't mean being brusque. It means being clear. It means, hey, I know you like this. And this is what I need from you. And here's the deadline. Um, one of the biggest things I think that if, if people do nothing else, if you give the people around you deadlines, you will help them be successful. Oh, my Remind gosh. Them of things. Yes. Yes. Deadline, deadline, deadline. Um, this is where I sometimes fail when I forget to give the deadline. The only way things get done is when I give deadlines or when I'm given a deadline. We all work to deadlines. Um, people would ask me, you know, I would, I would have papers due, you know, when I was teaching, I was a professor for 30 years and uh, Monday morning would roll around and my students all looked very tired. I said, you know, you've known about this paper for six <laughs> weeks. And they're like, we know. I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? And my students would say, oh, Dr. Kelly, we do our best writing the night before. I'm like, no, you do your no, own you writing the night before. How <laughs> would you know the difference? We all work to deadlines, though. Yeah, I love deadlines because then you suddenly have that urgency and it does it. It it makes I wonder, I'm sure there's some great psychology on deadlines. It's just it's puts it out. It brings it in from the ether of like, oh, this has to get done. Same thing like we teach at at Sales Gravy, which is if you say, hey, I'll call you next week sometime. It's not the same as how about let's schedule an appointment for next Thursday at 9 a.m. 
Yes. Or Friday at two. Like that way it's actually scheduled. Then you know it's going to happen. And people have made that micro commitment and they're they're going to prioritize it. Because we all know if you say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll check in with you next week. Yeah, right. Well, I... I have my own productivity sheets because I was running through the day timers and the day planners and all the things and people, all your people will get this when they get the book. I do one of these every single day, like days this today and it's got the date and then it's the calls to make my to do's my follow-up. Cause let's face it, we can all do better follow-up and then the specific appointments and meetings I have. And yes, it's in my calendar. Yes. It's in my electronic stuff. And yes, I get alerts, but there's something about mapping it out. So I know yeah. I'm not dropping the ball and the yeah. things that I have to get done today it goes on that list. And I see it sitting on my desk all day long. And guess what? Those things get done. If I miss a day or I'm traveling and I'm a little bit lost without the list because I'm worried I'm going to drop something. That's a terrible feeling. I'm worried I'm going to miss a deadline, a worse feeling, or I'm worried I'm going to miss a. am like just bad. So everything gets mapped out. So I don't drop it. Well, what gets scheduled gets done. And in any pursuit, I mean, people have approached me about my fitness level and um, where I'm at right now. And I say the only reason that I am successful is the consistency. And I schedule like my schedule is unflappable. It's just completely so much routine that it's hard for me when I have a day that I can sleep in later, it, my body is still ready and at attention at the normal hour that I normally do everything because it's just such a routine and the routine and the systems, which is one of the great things about the military, in my opinion, from outside looking in is that it's so systemized, like you're not going to want to get up and do the deal sometimes, but when your systems are, and your routines are strong enough you get up and just do the deal because you're like, oh, I don't really feel like adulting today, but here we go. Cause this is what's the schedule and this is what I promised to do. And this is what I need to do and all these things. You're absolutely right. And I appreciate you bringing that up because this is where I think a lot of folks in business could benefit a little bit from those two aspects. And one is the discipline of the schedule. Like every day is totally different, but you still have the discipline. You get up at the same time, you do the same thing. I mean, there's a certain amount of that, even when you're on the road, even when you're, you're, schedule gets mixed up. But the other part of it is you're surrounded by other people who are doing it too. And this is huge in business success. You got to surround yourself with other people who have that focus and that vision and that mission, those, those action steps. None of us do it by ourselves. And when you've got other people you talk to on a routine basis and you're like, all right, let's run hard. What are we doing? What are we doing? What does this look like? You do it. And because mm -hmm. you don't want to let them down and you don't want to come back to them and go, yeah, you know, that strategic plan that we talked about a year ago. Yeah, I didn't do anything on that because then they're going to be like, well, what happened? You know, so you've got to. So that's part of holding yourself accountable. But also it's helpful to have other people help you stay accountable to yourself, but also to them. And then part of that is the discipline. Yeah, just I never get feel things like it. done. Mm -mm. Just get it done. And this is where a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do it when I feel like it. You're never going to feel like it. Mel Robbins talks mm -hmm. about that. You're never going to feel like it. Um, no, of course not. You're never going to feel like it. Um, and partly when you go to the gym, Rachel, I love this discipline. You don't decide in the moment I'm going to go to the gym. No, 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 no. You made that decision a month ago and a week ago. So you're not waking up saying, I wonder if I'm going to go to the gym today. No, because the decision's already been made. You're not giving yourself the decision or the option of, am I going to cop out today? Am I going to fail myself today? You've already decided. 
And so when you decide to succeed, I think it's a totally different mindset because you know, you know, you're not going to do that. So somebody walks in with a box of donuts and by the way, donuts are my kryptonite. So all you people out there do not send me donuts. They are my kryptonite. Um, Yeah. And all the donuts, all the donuts, all the donuts, all the donuts are kryptonite. And um, so I have, but I have to wake up every single day and I say, I will not eat donuts. Like I'm not going to eat sugar today. I'm not going to whatever, like it's not going to be a thing. And once you've decided you don't get to go back on that decision, it's like any other decision. Um, So that's the kind of discipline that I think a lot of people struggle with because they get tempted to um, make poor choices. Oh yeah. And that's one of the benefits of, but, you know, as you said, Mary, to surround yourself with people who are like minded. But the other option is to make sure you have at least one coach. I've got multiple coaches. And that's one of the things as well that that helps me stay on track. And it's so b- beneficial in business as well to have to have that strategic plan put together. You've got those people you're accountable to. I mean, heck, I'm paying these coaches all this money. <laughs> Two, to tell me what to do and what not to do. And so there's there's skin in the game. So there's that aspect to it too. And there's the definite psychological aspect of like, if I don't do my shit, my coach is going to look at my accountability sheet and be like, why aren't you doing your shit? Like what's wrong? You know? So there's just, there's so much power in having a great coach and finding the right coach and 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 also making your circle really small and full of those people, like you said, Mary, that are driving towards a similar or a parallel goal that like is similar. That, that is exactly right. Um, I have some executive uh, clients as well, and I have to keep them on track, which means I have to stay on their stuff too. And as their coach, it makes me a better, it makes me a better producer as well. So I love my clients because they, I'm supposed to be holding them accountable, but they hold me accountable too. (laughs) You know, um, it's, So I was a a fitness instructor. Okay, that's really an exaggeration. I was a yoga instructor way back (laughs) when yoga was a thing. You know, namaste, my sisters. And and I got to tell you, I never missed a class when I was the instructor. Um, But now I miss classes all the time because, you know, it's scheduled, but it's kind of an if thing. It's a nice to do. It's not the the have to be there. And that's part of it is what we prioritize. And you said it, what gets scheduled gets done. And when you're the leader, you got to walk the walk. Like if you're coaching somebody on what they need to be doing, they're not going to follow what you say if you're not walking the walk over there. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Well, we could go on and on forever with oh you, God. which 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 means we'll have to have you back. I would love that. But um, but unfortunately, we have to go. <gasps> And I know, I know, but this is what, what people like the three of us do. We, we keep schedules and regiments and that's why we do what we do and we follow the schedule. But before we go, we have a couple more questions for you. Really quick, hard hitting questions. First question, Mary is how do you define the word sexy? Ooh, I think sexy is anything that gets you passionate and excited about something. So it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be like, I can look at um, somebody's business proposal and go, Oh, that's sexy because it's new and inventive and it gets me, it gets, it gets me excited and energized. So I think anything that gets you energized, I think that's sexy. Sexy business proposals. You heard it here, folks. I love it. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Get up and work hard. Love it. Just get up, work hard, go in the right direction, work hard, 
try hard. I don't care if you're the smartest person in the room. It's easy for you uh, to do a lot of things that other people struggle with. You still have to get up and try hard because the person you're disappointing is yourself if you don't. So get up, try hard. Amen. Any advice you wish you had been given? Um, you, I am nowhere near as ugly or fat or stupid as I may have believed at one time. And, you know, all those negative voices in your head. Yeah, they can just stop. Um, I remember having a very uh, disappointing military day where I um, was not promoted. And, and I remember walking home and I looked at my dog. I said, do you care if mommy's a loser? And my dog was like, you're the greatest thing ever. And I thought, you know, um, if I had done different things, I may have gotten that promotion, but that was not where my values were. And that was not the choices I make. And I was like, hey, I made those choices and I knew there could be consequences. And I'm real good with that. So yeah, my dog helped me a lot. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. And final question. Where can people get in touch with you? We, we've got, let's, let's repeat the information for getting the, uh, what, what do we call it? It is the 12 month accountability plan. It's a, it's like a sizable thing. It's like it's this cool. big long thing. Um, yeah. So that, it's my secret weapon when I go in for coaching. So it's at six, six, eight, six, six. People can text the word dog. They can also just email me. It's Mary at productiveleaders.com because you know, who wants an unproductive leader? And anywhere else we can find you, website or socials or any of the things? Absolutely. It's Dr. Dr. Mary Kelly on LinkedIn and it's productiveleaders.com online and Instagram. It's drmarykelly.com, doctor. And um, Facebook, it's Dr. Mary Kelly, D-R-M-A-R-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. So yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. You heard it here, Warners. Uh, You can reach out to Dr. Mary Kelly in all kinds of ways. You also have that in the show notes. And I know I'm rushing to to get the 12-month plan because we could all use it. So go ahead and text that, text dog to 66866 to get that. Dr. Mary Kelly, thank you so much for being on our show today. Such an honor to have time with both of you. I, you know, I stalk you religiously and I just love it. So thanks so much for uh, creating that whole thing that you do so that you've got, you know, rabid fans like me. Awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Uh, hey, Warners, it's time for us to wrap up this show. Thanks for listening to The Women Your Mother Warns You About, powered by Sales Gravy. For more information about this show, you can go to womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com. Of course, you can find us also at salesgravy.com and salesgravy.us. University. Any parting words from you, Rachel? Thanks again for listening. And if you found benefit from this podcast or you know somebody who might, please share the love because it helps us help more people. Bye, Warners. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't, it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.